everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zumni. If you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's episode, we are doing all the green cards of Zendikar Rising. Yes, we've only got two more of these to go and they are... Green is one of my favorites, so, and I've got, I know there's some exciting cards in green there. So, before we get into that, let's get some announcements out of the way. This show can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. If you want to help support the show, you can support the show at Patreon, at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. And you can also find me on Twitter at magicwithzuby, on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And then we have two quick little commercials to get out of the way, and then we will get on to the green cards of Zendikar Rising. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at Legit. MTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing. And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormie? Yeah, exactly! Anormie! Well, have I got the show for you. The all-new Magic for Normie show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, magic for, for Normies! Normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Do-do-do-do-do. Magic for normies. All right, so as usual, I forgot to do my little disclaimer here. So if you are looking to, like, really know how to win at draft and sealed and even, like, you know, what are the really good cards for standard, historic, uh, commander and all that, you have come to the wrong show. This is meant for normies here, normie power for us people that are just, you know, we really love the game, but we're not very good at it, and we don't have really any interest in being super competitive and all that stuff. We enjoy it because we're casuals, you know? You know, I, I used to dabble in the competitive scene once in my life, but not anymore because, one, I don't have the time, and two, I just really started not liking the competitive scene. But anyways, let's get on with the green cards here, right? Um, first one, right up the bat, Adventurer waits for one in a green. It's a sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them. Put it in your hand. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. If you didn't put a card in your hand this way, draw a card. Ooh, so okay. I, I kind of like this. So this is a typical kind of dig through your deck type card that we see a lot in green. You know, Adventurous Impulse, which is what I previewed in Dominaria. Boom. Um, and then, you know, there's been other cards like Lead the Stampede and 
I'm sure there's others that I just can't think of the name, but those are the two that pop up into my mind. Uh, you know, so you look at the top five cards of your library, you reveal a creature card. If you didn't put a card into your hand this way, draw a card. So that's cool. So in a, in effect, so even if you didn't want to reveal a creature card, let's say you reveal the top five cards and they're all like, it's only one creature and it's absolutely terrible. And you're like, oh, let's roll the dice a little bit. You can just put it on your library and draw a card. And it's in effect, you essentially went through six cards in a way. Or, you know, you actually use it for its intended purposes and get a creature out of there. It's not a bad card. You know, mid to late pick more than anything. And, you know, it could even be EDH playable too. You know, especially on like some of those budget budget lists and all that. It's really not a bad card. Uh, next up, we've got our first mythic. Ancient Green Warden. For four double green, it's an elemental creature that's a 5-7 with reach. You may play lands from your graveyard. Okay, so it has a Crucible of Worlds effect. If a land entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Holy crap. So it's like Yarrick and Panharmonicon for landfall. Um, like if you're playing draft and you open this pack one, pick one, of course you're going to pick it. I mean... Duh. But, I mean, the fact that this is like a Panharmonicon and a Yarrick effect here is really freaking cool. Like, I'm, I think if I end up pulling one, I'm going to, like, slot this into Omnath Locus of Rage just so I could get two 5-5 five, five Elementals out. It's a really good card, and it has reach. Jesus. And, you know, freaking Crucible of Worlds effect as well, too. What's not to love about this card? Ridiculously good ridiculously good i mean yeah it's gonna see play in standard and what historic i mean get what what else and what else can i say about it it's stupid good all right so next up we've got ashaya or yeah, is it ashaya soul of the wild three double green elemental legendary creature it's a star star so this is the the elemental that nissa summons in one of her planeswalker cards and it's now it's a it was a token now it's finally a creature um ashaya's power and toughness are equal or each equal to the number of lands you control okay cool non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types so and i said this before on twitter i'm totally making a gimmicky edh deck where this is literally my only creature i play like 60 to 70 lands and play like a bunch of ramp, some equipment and maybe some enchantments or something and that's it. Maybe like Sylvan Awakening to make all my lands into 2-2 forests and all that stuff. Boom. Really, really good. And what what's, a lot of people have pointed this out before too is the non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types. So what's also cool about that is should you have a big board of non-token creatures and you have a Shia out and they try to Cyclonic Rift you, um, it's not going to happen because... Oh, this even counts itself. Non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types. So, 
so yeah, because Cyclonic Rift is bounce back each target non-land permanent, and if all your non-token creatures are also forest lands, boom, they can't be bounced. Awesome, amazing. I mean, pack one, pick one. Yeah, duh. Um, and then I'm going to make a gimmicky EDH deck out of this. It's going to be absolutely terrible, but hey, it's the fun with EDH is trying some dumb stuff. You don't always need to optimize every single deck you build. Sometimes you can just play to have fun. Yes, it's an amazing thing that people can do. Next up, we've got Balaged Recovery. It's a two and a green. It's a sorcery. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand. And you can also flip it to make it a land should you need the land. Uh, this is a really useful card in Limited. Um, I mean, it returns any target card from your graveyard to your hand, even, even a non-permanent spell. So in something like Limited, that's very useful. Um, this card... I could definitely see myself using in my Jank Lich's Mastery deck. Instead of Nature Spiral, I could use this to, in case I don't want to return the Mirai Conjecture, maybe I need the Masterminds something or whatever again. Boom. There you go. Um, and also, not a bad, not a bad uh, limited card. More of a mid to late pick because you'd want to be looking for like some removal or a really good creature instead. Next up, we've got Broken Wings for two and a green. It's an instant. Destroy target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. So pretty typical green removal spell that we see. And should you need that removal, there you go. You got it. Mid to late pick there. Not, not much to really talk about with that card. It's pretty common green card that we see. Next up, we've got Canopy Bayloth for three and a green. It's a beast creature. It's a 4-3. Four, 4-3 three. Four, three for four is not bad. It's a landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, this gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. So essentially making it a six, five. That's pretty damn good. Um, really good beefy beast creature uh, to have if you're going green and what's not to love about it with the landfall. Uh, more of early to mid pick, I'd say. Uh, next up is Craig Plate Bayloth for five double green. It's a beast creature. It's a six, six. Has a kicker cost of two and a green, so... It costs 7, so 8, 9, 10, so for 10 mana, this spell can't be countered. Hexproof Haste, if this was kicked, it enters Battlefield with 4 one, one counters on it. Oh, dang, so it could be a 10-10 with Hexproof and Haste. Oof, and it can't be countered. Yeah, pack one, pick one for sure on that. Even if you only ever play it for the 7 mana, that's such a good bomb for you. Um, and it's going to be a hard creature for your opponents to deal with. Next up, we've got Dauntless Survivor for one and a green. It's a human warrior. It's a one, one for two. Okay. Uh, when enters the battlefield, put a one, one counter on target creature. Okay. That's not bad. Not a bad. Maybe you can put it on itself or put it on something else you want to pump up. You know, it's not a bad little creature to have and good creature to fill out your party with as well, too. Next up, we've got Gnarlid. Gnarlid? Gnarlid Colony, I guess. One and a green. It's a beast creature. It's a 2-2. Two, two. So a 2-2 two, two for two. It's always a good bear creature. Has a character cost of two and a green. If this was kicked, there's a battlefield. Two 1-1 one, one counters on it. So you could pay five mana and make it a 4-4. Four, four. Each creature you control with a 1-1 one, one counter on it has trample. Ooh, that's also useful as well, too. That's not bad. And green and even white have some pretty good ways of getting counters. And that could be really handy to have. Um... Could be an early to mid pick if you're in the green color. Next up, we've got Inscription of Abundance. 
for one in a green, it's an instant, has a kicker cost of two in a green. Choose one. If this spell was kicked, choose any number instead. Put two 1-1 one -one counters on target creature. Okay, not bad. Target player gains X life or X's greatest power among creatures they control. Okay. Uh, target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. I mean, not too exciting. Like, the blue one is way more exciting. But, you know, I mean, it's not bad. So, for five mana, I mean, I... I I can't even see myself really playing this for two mana unless I need the fight to happen to take care of a creature. Um, otherwise, I'd be probably paying the five mana most of the time for this. Um, if this is your opening pack rare, see if there's something better, to be honest. It's not a bad card to have. It's just there might be something better, a better uncommon or common there. Next up is Iridescent Horn Beetle for four and a green. It's an insect creature. At the beginning of your end step, create a one-one green insect token for each one-one counter you put on creatures under your control this turn. It's a three-four, so a three-four for five is still not bad. But if you are going the one-one counter route, uh, you can then poop out some more insect creatures, and that's not a bad. It's not even a bad body to have for five mana. That 3-4 makes it a decent body, and I would not be, you know, sad picking this or playing this at all either. Next up is Jiraga Visionary. For 3 Nagreen, it's an Elf Wizard. It's a 3-2 when it enters the battlefield. Draw a card, so it's our Jiraga Visionary instead of our Elvish Visionary. It's an Elf Wizard. Uh, a 3-2 for 4, okay, not bad, but you know, the drawing card is the best part of it. Yeah, play this if you want that draw card effect, and... If you need to fill out your party as well. Otherwise, more mid to late pick. Next up is Kanzan Kazandu. Kazandu Mammoth for one double green. It's an elephant with three three has landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, this gets plus two plus two until end of turn. So making it a potentially a five-five on your fourth turn is not a bad thing at all. And if you really need it, you can flip it to make it into a land as well. So it's not it's i would pack one pick one this yeah it's not a bad card at all to play having it be a five five on turn four potentially potentially is nothing to snuff at as well either next up we've got kazandu nectar pot for one and a green it's an insect creature it's a one three with landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control you gain one life not bad. Like, if you're going heavy into landfall, this is not a bad card to have. Um, otherwise, look for something else. I mean, the gaining life is always useful, but you may want to be doing something more with your deck. You want to be progressing your deck plan a little bit faster than this. Next up, we've got Kazandu Stomper. For five, and a green, for five and a green, it's a beast creature. It's a 6-5 with Trample. When this enters the battlefield, return up to two lands you control to their owner's hand. So it's return up to two lands. So you don't have to return any lands. But if you've got some landfall, you can try to re-trigger some landfall with this. And a 6-5 six, for 6, nothing to scoff at. And it's a pretty good trampling body. I would not be sad picking this card. This could be a decent bomb for you as well, too. It's, it's a good card. You know, early to mid-pick, maybe, even. Next up, we've got Klani Ambush. It's two and a green. I really like the art for this. The leopard jumping out or like the giant cat jumping out and attacking the... I don't know what that is. Like little goblin or something? 
Uh, Kalani Ambush, two and a green instant. Target creature you control fights the target creature you don't control. Always good removal. And should you not need that removal, you can tap it to... Or you can flip it to make it a green forest. So, overall not bad. It's some good removal. It's an instant removal. It's not like Rabid Bite, which we will see here in a little bit. Uh, where that's sorcery. This is some good instant removal where, hey, you know, maybe you need to get rid of a pesky creature there. Next up, we've got Lotus Cobra. For one and a green, it's a snake creature. It's a 2-1 with landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, add one mana of any color, and I'm so glad they reprinted this card. Oh my gosh, it was... I love it. I love this card. I've never actually owned one before, or if I have, I probably sold it. Um, and it's such a good card in EDH. It's going to be... I can see this being a staple in Standard and Historic as well, too. It's... Like I said, in EDH, it's such a good card, especially with ramp. <laughs> with any kind of ramp there. Um, it's, it's going in Omnath, Locus of Rage, for sure. Alright, next up we've got Might of Marasa. For one and a green, it's an instant with a kicker cost of two and a green. Target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. If this spell was kicked, that creature gets plus five, plus five until end of turn instead. So for one and a green, you can basically do a little bit more expensive giant growth. For five mana, you can do a plus five, plus five instead. And that's not a bad little combat trick. More of a mid to late pick. I'd say more late pick more than anything. Um, it's a good little combat trick to have, but, you know, it's, it's decent. I'd rather have removal more than a combat trick like this, if I'm going to be honest. Next up, we've got Marasa Brute. For Tuna Green, it's a Troll Warrior. It's a 3-3, and that's it. A 3-3 for 3 is not bad, and if you need to fill out a party, there you go. And it's also a good beatdown card. Next up is Marasa Sproutling. For Tuna Green, it's a 3-3, so another 3-3 for 3. Okay, awesome. It's a Plant Elemental. does have a kicker cost of 1 and a green, so 5 altogether. When this enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, return target card with a kicker ability from your graveyard to your hand. Okay, so for five mana, you get to essentially have some graveyard recursion if, with a card with kicker, at least. And it's not bad. I mean, I mean, yeah, obviously I would pick Marasa Sproutling over Marasa Brute. But um, it's not bad. Like, early to mid-pick, even, even if you only have one or two kicking cards besides this one, it's still kind of worth it to have because, hey, maybe you'll never need that kicker cost, but a 3-3 three, three for three is still not bad. Still not bad. All right, next up we've got Nissa's Zendikon. It is an enchantment aura for three and a green. You can enchant land. Enchanted land is a 4-4 elemental with reach and haste. It's still a land. When enchanted land dies, return that card to its owner's hand. Ooh, okay, so you don't technically lose the land except for maybe a turn, unless, you know, your opponent makes you discard it. But that's not bad. I kind of like that. Um, It's... Just, I mean, you're always going to have a land, right? And so now you have another way of making a decently powerful creature with Reach and Haste. Um, could be, I'd be kind of excited to pick something like this. More more of a mid-pick, I think, but still not a bad card. Uh, next up, we've got Orin Reef Ooze for two and a green. It's an ooze creature. It's a 2-2 two -two for 2-2 two -two for three. Okay, when it enters the battlefield, put a 1-1 counter on target creature you control so you can target itself. 
When this attacks, put a 1-1 counter on each attacking creature with a 1-1 counter on it. Hold on. When this attacks, put a 1-1 counter on each attacking creature with a 1-1 counter on Oh, shit. Ooh. I mean, pack one, pick one. Hell yes. Um, and this is going to be... So I've been seeing like Selesnia counters being floated around in standard. This is going to make Selesnia counters stupidly good, especially with scavenging ooze and this card as well, too. Oh, my gosh, that holy crap, that's going to be good. And can you imagine when they put winding constrictor and um, from Kaladesh remastered into historic along with this? Oh, my gosh, that's stupid really good oh man um next up is rabid bite we just talked about this uh one in a green sorcery target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control always good removal um i i, I like this card it could be an early to mid pick if you know you're going in green there next up is reclaim the waste for one green mana it's a sorcery it has a kicker cost of three so almost four mana you, you i mean not almost but it is four mana should you pay with the kicker cost search your library for a basic card basic land card reveal it put it into your can 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 hand and then shuffle your library if this spell was kicked search your library for two basic land cards instead of one okay cool so for four mana it's almost kind of like an explosive vegetation but the cards don't go on the battlefield you just search for them put them in your hand and I mean, even for one mana, I wouldn't even mind paying it just for one mana. It's still really good. Um, more of a mid to late pick, though, I think. Next up is Roiling Regrowth for two and a green. It's an instant. Sack a land. Search your library for up to two basic land cards. Put them onto the battlefield tap. Then shelf your library. Oh, damn. Um. Wow. Okay, so that's pretty damn good especially in landfall um especially can you imagine this being played in a edh deck like calamax where it'll get copied so you sack two lands and get four lands Jeez, that's or i mean you'd get just two extra lands but you know you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about still pretty damn good um Man, even in something like Omnath, Locus of Rage with all that landfall, does any kind of landfall deck is going to want this card. It's really good. Next up is Scale the Heights for Tuna Green. It's a sorcery. Put a 1-1 counter on, on up to one target creature. You gain two life. You may play an additional land this turn. Draw a card. So, and essentially, uh, one extra mana explore. Okay, that's not bad. And... You get a 1-1 counter on target creature, you gain 2 life, and then you get to play an additional land. So it's basically Explorer with benefits. Um, it's not really a bad card. It's it definitely a good uh, eat or not EDH, uh, limited card. And heck, I mean... No, I mean, because you'd still want to play Explorer, because Explorer is just 2 mana. Explorer is the better card, but... You know, it, it, I, I think this would be mainly stuck to draft and sealed. I can't see this seeing much play outside of that, to be honest. I mean, maybe EDH, but it's if you want another explore type card. But this is um, definitely more geared towards draft and limited, I'd say. Next up is Skute Swarm. For two and a green, it's an insect creature. It's a 1-1. 
has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a 1-1 green insect creature token. If you control six or more lands, create a token that's a copy of Scute Swarm instead. Okay. Hold on, hold on. So... Wait, so whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a 1-1 one, one green insect creature token. Okay, that's fine. If you control six or more lands, create a token that's a copy of Scute Swarm instead. So, I mean, you're still getting a 1-1. One, one. Oh, wait, I'm dumb. Holy crap. Okay, okay, I get this. I get this now. Um, sorry, I'm a little tired right now, and um, my brain was sort of working the gears there, grinding the gears. So when you create the copy of Skute Swarm, it's going to have the landfall trigger. So say you have six lands, you create the copy, it creates a copy of Skute Swarm, and then when you play another land, it's going to create two more copies, making four altogether, and then it's just going to create four more copies, going eight, and then eight more, oh my gosh, it's exponentially gets bigger and bigger. Oh my gosh. That is ridiculous. Um. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It took me a little bit to understand, like, how good that is. Yeah, pack one, pick one. Yeah, of course. It's, I would even want to play this in, like, EDH decks and all that stuff. Oh, you know what? When I was talking about Ashaya and all that stuff, I may play a copy of this in my Ashaya deck just for, you know, funsies. Because I'm going to have so much fucking land. So much land. It'll be fun. But, um... Wow. That's that's really cool. I mean, yeah, it's easily killed, right? Board wipe or doom blade or, you know... Deal one damage to all creatures type thing. Yeah, it's easily killed. But it's pretty cool and it's extremely flavor flavorful because of the insect. Next up, we've got Skyclave Pickaxe. For one green, it's an artifact equipment. When this enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control and has an equip cost of two and a green, but it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, equip creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Eh, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, if you know you're heavy into landfall, it's not a bad card, but it's almost like some of the other artifact equipments are better than this because you may not always be playing a land each turn and then this kind of turns into something useless for you all right so i'd kind of ignore this equipment if i'm going to be completely honest with you i mean yeah cool you maybe you get to trigger multiple landfalls or something awesome but it's really conditional and not always gonna happen so be careful with that card it feels like a trick card like i'm not too thrilled about it to be honest Next up, we've got Spring Mantle Cleric for four and a green. It's an elf cleric. It's a two, three. This enters the battlefield with a one, one counter on it for each color of mana spent to cast it. So even if you only spent one color, it'll come out as a three, four for five. Not bad. So most, most draft decks are going to be two colors, maybe three because they're splashing something. But majority of the time, it's going to be two colors. So this may come out as a four, five, which a four, five for five is not bad at all. And... You know, they are counters, you know, counters can always go away, but hey, you know, it's it's not a bad draft card at all. It, at worst, it'll always come out as a 3-4 with the 1-1 counter on it. You know, not not a bad, not a bad blocker, not a bad attacker as well either. 
Next up, we've got Strength of Solidarity. For one green, it's a sorcery. Choose target creature you control. Put a 1-1 counter on it for each creature in your party. It's not the best, not the worst. I mean, I'd probably ignore it. Like, late game, maybe. Because it's... Unless, unless you know, you're going like a 1-1 a counter theme and this will help you. Yeah, awesome, great. But... I'd probably go for a creature or removal or some other sort of spell that maybe helps me draw through my deck. Something, not this. I'm, it's not too exciting for me, to be honest. I mean, the cost is great if you have a full party. You know, one green mana and get to put up to like four counters on it. Choose a, you know, it's cool. But otherwise, it's kind of meh. Oh, and it requires you to have a creature in your party as well, too. Otherwise, it's not going to do anything. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, just ignore this. It's trash, total trash. Next up, we've got Swarm Shambler for one green. It's a fungus beast, okay, it's a zero, zero, but enters the battlefield with a one, one counter on it. Okay, so one, one for one, all right. Whenever a creature you control with a one, one counter on it becomes the target of a spell an opponent controls, create a one, one green insect creature token. Okay, you can pay one to tap this, put a one, one counter on Swarm Shambler. So whenever a creature you control with a 1-1 counter becomes the target of a spell and opponent controls, create a 1-1 green insect creature token. Okay. So, I mean, it's not bad. It's cool that you can pump it up, too. It's not the most exciting rare, but I'd probably take it just to have the chance of making it bigger and bigger, you know, to sort of threaten your opponents with. Next up is Tajuru Blightblade. For 1 green mana, it's an elf rogue. It's a 1-1 death touch. Always a great blocker. 1-1 Death Touch can scare your opponents from not wanting to swing in with their big beasties. Always great. Mid-pick. Probably mid-pick there. Their Death Touch blockers are always great to have. Uh, what do we got? Okay, so we're almost done here. Next up, we've got Tajuru Paragon. For one and a green, it's an elf creature. It's a 3-2. This is also a Cleric, Rogue, Warrior, and Wizard is also a cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard, so it's all of them? Has a kicker cost of three. When it enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, reveal the top six cards of your library. You may reveal, or you may put a card that shares a creature type with it from among them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Okay, so if I'm understanding this card correctly, this card kind of fills out your party right so it's also a cleric rogue warrior and wizard so any cards that say hey this costs x less for each creature in your party won't won't this like completely get rid of all those costs essentially because this is your whole party right here if i'm understanding this right i mean that's that's how i'm reading it here so you pack one pick one 100 on that it's I'm I'm kind of intrigued that they made a creature that is all of them on there, like all the party members. I like that a lot. It, it really helps you out. And, you know, maybe you don't want to play it on turn two, you know, unless you're going like an aggro route, then, yeah, do it turn two. But paying five mana to then sort of, you know, help you dig through your deck for another creature that's a one of the party members. Yeah. Awesome. Great. I I'm pretty surprised at a card like this. I, I like it a lot. Um, 
Yeah, pack one, pick one for sure. It could be good in an aggro plan, or maybe you want to hold back a little bit and dig through your deck there. Next up is Tajuru Snarecaster for Tuna Green. It's an elf rogue creature. It's a 1-4 with reach, and I apologize about the cat. Um, so a 1-4 with reach for 3 mana is always a good blocker to have for those pesky flyers that always have evasion there. Next up, we've got Tangled Florahedron for 1 and a green. This is the cutest creature out of all of Zendikar Rising. It is a 1-1 mana dork. You can tap it to add 1 green mana, or you can flip this around and make this a land as well. Um, maybe you want to make it a creature because you want to have a blocker maybe in case you need it. Or you just need that mana dork for whatever reason. Or you want to put some buff this up somehow. Um, or you can just make it a land. So I love the art of this. It's it's one of the hedrons that have basically turned into an elemental. Uh, like got covered by flowers and tree bark and all that stuff. It's great. Next up is Taunting Arbor Mage for two and a green. It's an elf wizard. It's a 2-3 with a kicker cost of 3. When this enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, all creatures able to block target creature this turn do so. Ooh, okay. These kind of cards are always handy to have, so I would even play something like this for six mana. You know, your your uh, opponent has, you know, a lot of creatures to block, and they've only got, like, five life left, and you just need to, like, get in two creatures in there to get that five damage. Boom. This card will help you win the game. Don't underestimate these kind of cards. They are so good. I underestimated these kind of cards for a long time until I played Breaker of Armies and that Chaos Sealed. And Breaker of Armies is just ridiculous. Ridiculously good because it allows you to sneak in damage. Um, early to mid pick, I'd say, in my opinion. Next up, we've got Territorial Scythe Cat. Ooh, so Scythe Cat makes their return, I think. Or am I thinking of a different cat from Battle for Zendikar. So for two and a green, it's a cat creature that's a 2-1 with trample. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on Territorial Scythe Cat. Yes, I would pick this card early to mid-pick because I love the 1-1 counter theme and it has trample and pretty powerful if you're going pretty quickly to win. Next up, we've got Turn Timber Ascetic. Ascetic, I guess. Uh, four and a green, it's a giant cleric, it's a 5-4, when it enters the battlefield, you gain three life. Not not a bad card, a 5-4 four for five, I'd rather it be a 4-5, to be honest, but, you know, it's not a bad, it could be a good, you know, swingy creature for you, but, you know, more of a mid to late pick, in my opinion. Alright, next up we got the last green mythic. Is it me, or did green seem to have the most mythics? Because I feel like every other caller only had two mythics, unless I'm... Unless I'm misremembering here. So turn timber symbiosis for four triple green. It's a sorcery. Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. If that card has converted mana cost three or less, it enters with three additional one-one counters on it. Put the rest of put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So it's basically a much more expensive collected company for seven mana. Um I mean, it is one of the better, you know, double face cards in the Mythic Cycle. Um, this, the black one, and the blue one are probably my favorites out of them. Um, this is not, I mean, pack one, pick one, yeah, because it's always good to cheat out a creature. Well, I mean, you're paying seven mana for a creature and maybe pumping it up, right? But 
you know, it could be a good late card. And, you know, it's always good to, you know, have that extra land in case you need it. Next up, we've got Vastwood Fortification for one green. It's an instant, put a 1-1 counter on target creature, or you can flip it and make it a land. I mean, this is vastly better than that other one. Um, or is it Strength of Solidarity? I mean, not only is this an instant, but it's a guaranteed 1-1 counter. I'd pick this over Strength of Solidarity. I mean, this is still going to be more of a mid to late pick anyway, because you're going to want something better than this. I mean, this could be a decent combat trick. Otherwise, it's kind of meh, meh. And I apologize about my cat here. Um, next up, we've got Vastwood Surge. It's Therena Green. It's a sorcery. Has a kicker cost of four. Search your library for up to two basic land cards. Put them onto the battlefield tap, then shuffle your library. If this spell was kicked, put two 1-1 counters on each creature you control. So for eight mana, this could be like your sort of I win type card. I mean, not only does it help you ramp up, but if the spell was kicked, put two 1-1 counters on each creature you control. <sighs> That's so good. I mean, yeah, it's it's got an explosive vegetation effect for four mana. Awesome. Great great ramp but if you want to save it as like your big i win card there you go there you go it's a pretty good card um probably say early to mid pick for that if i'm gonna be honest here next up we've got veteran adventurer for five and a green it's a human creature it's a five five this is also a cleric rogue warrior and wizard okay so it's another one that kind of fills out your entire party did we have these in any of the other colors and i'm completely forgetting right now I have no idea. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. So has Vigilance and a 5-5. Um, so if you have a full party before you cast this, this only costs two mana and a 5-5 Vigilance. It's not a bad card. I mean, even, even if you end up having to pay six mana for it, a 5-5 Vigilance is nothing to scoff at as well either. It's a pretty good beater and a good blocker. And it's Vigilance. I mean, early to mid pick, 100%. And last, but certainly not least, we've got Vine Gecko. For one and a green, it is an elemental wizard. It is a 2-2 two, two for two, so it's a pretty good bear. The first kick spell you cast each turn costs one less to cast. Okay, I like that. Whenever you cast a kick spell, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Vine Gecko. Even better, so it reduces your kick spells by one. That can be super helpful. Super helpful. Imagine even if you um, had multiples of these as well, too. They're going to cost two less or three less. Um, really, really good. Really awesome. Um, could be an early to mid pick because even even by itself, a 2-2 two, two for two is always a good, it's a good bear creature. Yeah, so I think that about does it for the green cards here. All right, and there you have it. Those are all the green cards for Zendikar Rising. I hope you enjoyed the set review as much as I did doing it. And, you know, let me know your thoughts and feelings on some of these cards. Like, which one of these green cards are your favorites? Let me know in the comments below or, you know, shoot me an email at mtgzb at gmail.com and let me know what you think. Um, thank you all for listening and watching, and I hope you all have a great day.